Awesome. Good morning, everyone. Morning. How's, how are you all doing? We're not, well, we're not really used to this uh, really cold weather, so yeah, we're, <laughs> we're de-thawing inside, although, you, you know, you come inside and it's hot and outside is freezing. You never know what to wear. But um, yeah, as Jonathan was saying, my name is Jess, and my, with my husband Aaron, we're the youth pastors in Catch the Fire Raleigh um, in North Carolina, and he's also the worship director. So it's always fun um, coming up because when we visit family, kind of get to be a little bit involved and meet some of you guys. So it's good to be here again. Um, they asked me, Adam and Amy asked me this morning just to share a bit with you guys about what God is doing um, in Catch the Fire Raleigh. If you guys um, aren't aware, Catch the Fire is a global network of churches all over the world, and I think there's about 34 different churches, and God is moving so powerfully, and it's incredible that you guys get to be part of that story too right here, and um, we get to be part of that in Raleigh. And it's, all, it's always awesome coming to another Catch the Fire church because you feel like it's the same DNA, the same heartbeat um, of the movement, and just pursuing God in the presence of God. So kind of some awesome stories that are happening um, over there. We, <laughs> sorry, I was just thinking about how we're going after healing this morning, and God really wants to stir up our faith. And the reason why we share testimonies is because there's something about speaking it out that allows other people in the room to grab onto that and say, I want that for my life. So if you guys are feeling expectant this morning, if you've come filled with faith, or maybe you haven't, I encourage you as you listen to some of these stories, if that is something that's stirring in your heart, to grab onto that and claim that for your life. So um, we, like we, like I said, we have the privilege of leading our youth, and um, this past summer we had a, a summer camp, and one of our youth, he had he had injured his knee throughout the year and torn his ACL and had to have surgery and was recovering and he tore it again. And so he, halfway through the week, he started limping. Sorry, Zoe, my daughter. <laughs> um, halfway through the week, he started limping. And if you've ever been to a youth camp or you've seen those camps, you're running around a lot and playing these games. And so this poor kid, he's like trying his best. He's like moving his leg, but he was just in so much pain. And Throughout the week, we had been talking about the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit and the authority that we walk in because of what Jesus did on the cross. And I love that when we hear messages like that, we gain tools that we can apply to our own lives. We don't need, you know, the pastor or whoever to come and lay hands on us for us to get healed. We can lay hands on ourselves and God can fully heal us or we can lay hands on one another and God can heal um, each other. But I don't want to steal Garland's message. So we're... <laughs> So it's um, the last night, and I was speaking on, um, like, the commissioning, and we were commissioning the youth, and we were uh, anointing them with oil and praying over them, and all of a sudden, the power of the Holy Spirit broke out, and some people left and went to the campfire, because, you know, s'mores, and then other people um, hung around a bit. No, I think it was the campfire the last night. So they're, they're all left, and some of the youth decided to stay, and they start having, like, visions of heaven, and they're just getting completely caught up in the Holy Spirit, and they stayed there until, like, 1.30 in the morning, and we had to, like, kick them out of the chapel. So they're in the parking lot, and they're praying for each other. They're literally seeing, like, um, they're prophesying over each other. They're saying what they're seeing in heaven, and 
they decide that they want to baptize each other, okay? And it's like 1.30 in the morning. And we, like, have kids now, so we're like, please, I know this is God, but, like, I want to go to bed. They're going to be up in the morning, you know? But, um, but we're like, okay, more Lord, keep going. We'll, you know, we'll send them to bed at, like, 2. So the day before, we had played a game called Kitty Pool Kickball. And so there were some kitty pools, like, left over beside one of the cars in the parking lot. And some of the youth had already tried to run into the lake and baptize each other. And we were like, no, 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 no. Okay, there's no lifeguards. It's pitch black. No. So they find these kiddie pools, and they're like, let's just baptize each other in these kiddie pools. And the leaders are just kind of watching. Like, we're, they're facilitating, and they're, like, praying. But we were just, like, so, wow, these youth are, like, grabbing hold of this. And just, like, no one's telling them what to do. They're just doing it. So they start baptizing each other. Well, then they get so, like, filled up with the Holy Spirit. They run over to this kid, and they're like, can we pray for your knee? God wants to heal your knee. So they lay hands on his knee, and, like, instantly, he is completely healed. He starts, like, running laps completely around the entire camp, and is, like, the whole rest of the week, like, the next two days after that, he's, like, jumping up and down and running around and just going absolutely nuts, and he comes back, and he's so fired up, and he's, he didn't even want to come to the camp because he was... Um, his parents were missionaries in India, and they were just on their sabbatical, and they were coming home, and he felt like he didn't know anyone. But he got so touched by God and so touched by his friends that he was just completely changed and wrecked and running around amazing. So that was good. So let's give a hand to the Lord. That was amazing. Um, and then we also had, even last week, actually, um, Duncan Smith, my dad, <laughs> Um, he was preaching um, about healing. Well, actually, he wasn't even going to speak on healing. He walked in. He had a completely different message. And he saw um, this guy, one of our friends, kind of limping into church. And he said, Josh, what happened to your knee? And he said, oh, well, I, you know, I'm 35 now, and I'm not like I used to be. He used to be in the Marines. <laughs> and he's like, and I was playing football, and I completely injured my knee. And he's like, he's like, okay, well, God wants to heal you right now. And he's like, yeah, you're right. He does. Sometimes we can kind of walk around like in our sickness or in our pain and we forget actually God doesn't want us to really be like that. He wants us to be completely healed and completely whole. As Jonathan was saying, like his kingdom come, his will be done. So right there and then there, they lay hands on his knee and he, and he says, Who, like whose fault was it that you did this or that you're in pain? And he said, well, I guess it's my fault because I was you know, I overdid it. I wasn't thinking. And so they're like, okay, well, let's just forgive yourself right now. He forgives himself. And they just rebuke that, pull it out. And he just starts like leaping. And he came up and gave his testimony on the stage. And I'm not kidding. This guy was like an antelope. He was like up in the air, jumping as high as he could, just completely, completely healed. And there's so many testimonies of people that have been sharing over the past couple months on Sunday mornings of um, them having a growth and going to the doctor and the doctor saying, you, this is cancer. And they're like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, I am going to be healed by God. So they come back and they're like, test me again, test me again. And the tumor is completely gone or the cancer is completely gone. And so this morning, yeah, we can give a shout for that. But this morning, I just wanted to share some of those stories so we can stir up our faith for what God has that he's going to release this morning when Garland speaks. And so just be encouraged by that. Let your faith just stir up. And I always think about um, the story of the planter, like the sower, and how he sows the seed, and how we can allow our hearts to be fertile ground 
for the seeds of God to grow deep and to, to flourish. And so this morning, we're just excited, Garland, for what you have to share this morning, and we're open and expectant. So I don't know if it's my job to introduce him, but go ahead. <laughs> Thanks, Jess. Come on, Lord. Holy Spirit, come on. What do you need, Garland? So good. Oh, Jesus. Mm, I got some liquid here. Okay. Can I pray for me? Sure. Oh. Mm, Lord, would you fill up our brother? Whoa. May your spirit flow through him to us. Jesus' name. Wow. I think you taste like candy in God's mouth. <laughs> it's the sweetest man. Oh, man. Wow. Just heal everybody, God, because I don't think I can <laughs> stand here for very long. Oh, my God. So good. His presence is everything. <laughs> what else do you want? You know? Oh. It will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All that. Should work. As usual, I had a message. Past tense. As usual, I'm impressed with this beautiful bride that he has. Oh, Lord Jesus, you're so good. You're so good. You're so good. Last time I shared here, maybe six weeks ago or something, we spoke about the Holy Spirit. The theme was the Holy Spirit more than the message. And that's what, you know, it's usually a theme more than a message. And so I was really hoping nobody would go home not speaking in tongues and, and uh, empowered and all of that. But God healed a bunch of people. So maybe, yeah, so, so maybe today when I speak on healing, you'll all get tongues. <laughs> because, you know, I think he's trying to show me who the boss is. Ah, oh, Lord Jesus, you are so good, so good, so good. If there's any doubt in your mind about it's God's will to heal you, let it be banished right now. This isn't where I was going to start, but uh, God just put this on me. Acts 10.38. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Biggest word in the Bible is all. And it's not like there was a bunch of sick people that were not oppressed by the devil. 
is if you look at everything Jesus said, you would draw the conclusion that all sickness, all disease are from the devil because he healed every sickness and he healed every disease. And we would oftentimes want to say, well, it was, it was not, it's not the devil, it's a virus. <laughs> or it's a bacteria, or it's a something. Well, that's just a weapon of the devil. I mean, you know, it's just really between God and the evil one. If Jesus went around doing good, healing everyone who was oppressed by the devil, and Jesus only did the things that he saw the Father doing, so then was it ever the Father putting sickness on anyone? Because if so, Jesus was in rebellion. He said, I only do the things I see the Father doing and he healed everyone that came to him, whether they had faith or not. Because if they didn't have faith, he'd rebuke them, give them faith, and then heal them. The uh, one case of that, three different levels of uh, faith, the person that God healed that where there was really no faith, was the boy that was with epileptic seizures being thrown in the fire, in the water. The demon was trying to kill the boy. And he came to Jesus and he said, if you can, would you heal my boy? And Jesus said to the man, if you can. And all things are possible to him who believes or something like that. I don't know exactly what he said. <clears throat> and the man said, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. So he was putting himself in Jesus' care and saying, please help me. And Jesus healed the boy. There was a leper that came to Jesus and um, He said, Jesus, I know that if you're willing, I could be healed. And Jesus said, I am willing to be healed. So there's not, I mean, that isn't proof of what I'm about to say, but it's still the truth. It is always his will. I mean, he went around and healed everybody that came to him. He went around healing, doing good, healing everybody who was oppressed by the devil. So it was obviously Jesus' will. Jesus is God. It's his will that everybody be healed all the time. Then there was the centurion who Jesus really liked. He was a Roman soldier, not a Jew. And uh, he had a, a sick servant at home, and he wanted Jesus to, to heal him. And Jesus said, okay, let's go. We'll go to your house. And he said, no, 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 you don't have to. I'm a man under authority. I understand how this works. Because I'm submitted to my leaders, I have authority. 
I represent them and their word. So when I say to my servant, go, he goes. And if I say to my servant, come, he comes. Now, if this Roman soldier was a rebel, there's not enough room to walk here. So if, if this Roman soldier was in rebellion and his soldiers that were under him saw him say, yeah, okay, sure thing, boss, then go and say, you know, criticize his boss and not do what he was told, what would happen to the servants under him? He would model their behavior. They would be a yes man to him, say, yeah, okay, we'll go do your will, and then they would do whatever they wanted. But he knew because he was a man that was under authority, he respected authority, he obeyed authority, and he saw Jesus, and every time Jesus spoke, his will was done. So he said, look, you don't even have to come to my house. Just say the word, and I know that it will be done. And he said the word, and the servant was healed. He's here. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture, his beloved, purchased with a price, an incredible price. It's an incredible price. The day that you were saved is the day that you were healed. Healing is not for tomorrow. If you experience your healing today, it's because it took place yesterday. Okay? If you experience it today, it's a manifestation of what has taken place because it was paid for. 100% absolutely paid for 2,000 years ago. Isaiah prophesied the crucifixion and the scourging of Jesus and many other things. If you look at Isaiah 53, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, our well-being. There's just, there's the, the whole chapter is full of stuff. We actually usually focus on the one verse, and it is really powerful. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening of our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging, we are healed. This is Isaiah. So it's thousands, I don't know how many years before Jesus that is. And then we'll skip forward to the life of Jesus and when he went to the cross. When it comes to the subject of healing, we really need to get our ducks in a row. We really need to get our doctrine straight. If this is my experience, but the Word says this is the reality, then it's okay if I'm not there. Jesus, get me there. And He will get you there to where your experience lines up with the Word of God. Because what you believe is not the Word of God, right? If you're back here and this is what you believe, and His Word says that, one of those things will change. And it won't be His Word. You don't want to develop a doctrine that allows for your experience. You want to embrace the doctrine that challenges your experience. 
Because it's him. It's him, praise God. Isaiah said, by his scourging, we are healed. It talks elsewhere about his back being ripped open like a plowed field. And we know that even in the Old Testament, they limited the number of stripes to 40. Because they were concerned that the person, if you were being whipped, that they would die. The organs would fall out of their back. Or just be ripped to shreds. Pontius Pilate, in order to please the... I know that I, I'm, I'm assuming there's some... Uh, Bible knowledge, and I'm I, so I apologize ahead of time because I can't go through all of it <laughs> for us that are learning. But I want to want this message to be something that can be uh, embraced by the uh, the youngest believer. So I'm going to try and explain the things uh, that we can all understand. But if I make reference to things in the Bible you haven't read yet, there's nothing really I can do about that, except try to fill in, the, fill in the gaps. So first, Isaiah prophesies about the scourging, the whipping of Jesus' back. We're pierced through for other transgressions, the piercing of his hands for the rebellious acts. But the scourging was for our healing, our physical healing. There's all kinds of other things for inner healing. There's all kinds of things for the healing of your heart, the healing of your mind. If you read that chapter of Isaiah. But the scourging, the whipping of his back, was first prophesied by Isaiah then it was also predicted by Jesus himself that this is what's going to happen to me, guys. He took the disciples and he revealed this to him. In Luke 18.33, Jesus predicts, after they have scourged him, they will kill him. And the third, he's talking, he said, the son of man, he's talking about himself. And the third day he'll rise again. So after they have scourged him, they will kill him. He separates the two, makes them very clear. So that's, Jesus predicting what's going to happen. And then on the day when it took place, when Jesus was brought before Pilate and was going to be sentenced, Pilate wanted to let him go. He took him aside and he interviewed him and he said, this guy is not guilty of anything. He said this more than once. He could not find anything. Is guilty of nothing. But he needed to please the people. He wanted to please these Jews that were all excited and brought him out and violated our laws and stuff. So he knew about the, the thing that, that they, they would release a, a prisoner on that day at their request. And he asked them if, you know, like I found nothing wrong with this guy, no guilt. So would you like me to, to release him? And they said, no, release Barnabas. And they started screaming. So he, he said, take him away and scourge him. And he did not sentence him to death or to be crucified at this time. So Jesus Christ had a separate sentence to go and be scourged. It's not like he thought, 
well, three o'clock, I got a few hours to kill before the cross. Let's go get scourged. This was before the foundations of the earth. This was decided for you, for me. Am I sounding heavy? <laughs> Am I, is this a heavy thing here? So I, I, I'm, I'm open to that. Like, I could do that. I understand that. I don't want to. I, want, I, want to, I just want to express his life-giving spirit. But it is a, kind of a weighty matter. You know, it was very, very, very painful. Giving his life, paying the price for our healing. We know that when we get saved, we have a confession of our faith, you know, the, the assurance of salvation it's called. We remember the day or the hour, most people do. That's when they were saved, and they know they were saved because of the work of the cross, and they, but we don't think the same about healing for some reason. That it's ours, that it's paid for, that it's done, that it's finished, that we appropriate the healing that took place when his, the stripes went into his back, when the flesh was ripped off his back. Because Peter, later, four places it talks about the scourging. There's more in the Old Testament, but Isaiah prophesies it. Jesus predicts it. Pilate sentences him to it. And Peter, 1 Peter 2.24 says, And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross that we might not die. No, that we would, sorry, that we would, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. Isaiah puts it into the future. Jesus predicts it. Pilate sentences him to it, and then G Peter puts it in the past. Not just the scourging, the healing. By his stripes you were healed. It's a reality that our bodies catch up with. Right? It's a reality that we catch up with. And the people that see the most healing are these people that have this great sense of expectancy. God's going to show up. God's going to do something. God's going to heal us. But that sense of expectancy, nobody can require that from you, and nobody can give it to you, except the Holy Spirit. And it's through time and through experience and through your love for Him and your communion with Him and your embracing God and loving God and Him leading you through the experiences of your life, causing all things to work together for the good to form Christ in you, that your expectancy for these things raises to the point where some people constantly see it. Heidi Baker, every time she goes and finds a new tribe off somewhere in the dark, every time she finds a new people group to minister to, she always finds out who's the deaf person in the village. Where's the deaf person? There's got to be at least one deaf person here. And every time that deaf person gets healed, and everybody knows them from the village, so everybody's like their faith level goes through the roof, and all kinds of other healings take place. It's amazing. Last time when we did that thing with the Holy Spirit, I was personally 
kind of a little shocked at how many people got healed. And one young man, I, I don't see him here today. I know Milton was the, the first guy in the line I went to and asked what it was, something with his ear. How is it now? No better? Okay, well. <laughs> went to the next person. And the next person was this young man. In the gym, he was, like this guy was determined because he ripped his muscles bench pressing. He ripped his muscles and his arm he had no movement. I didn't know that. So I said, how are you doing? He said, I'm healed. Yeah, I said, how are you doing? He said, I'm healed. Saw him last week out in the hall. He told me the whole story. Amazing. And then I, I know that Andy was standing behind him. I was standing in front of him. And he had this shirt on, kind of like a thin sweater. And the muscles were just spasming and going all over. I'm looking at this thing, and I think, what is that? I've never seen anything like that in my life. God was knitting the tissue back together. Brand new muscles. Come on. Yeah. Cassandra got saved that day. She got the joy of the Lord. There's more coming, right? More coming. Come on. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You're so good, Lord. Oh. The closest thing to heaven on earth is his presence. I'm a very selfish prayer. I should be praying for these guys, these guys. I should be praying for all kinds of people more than I do. I don't pray not at all for them. I do pray for them. But I must admit, most of my time is just sitting there saying, oh, this is so good. Oh, God, your presence is so good. Why would I want to go anywhere? When his presence comes like that, I don't know if it's cold or hot or if, like I could be uncomfortable or whatever before, but when his presence comes, all of a sudden, everything vanishes. Everything just disappears. This is the presence of Jesus Christ that created the universe. Everything that was made was made through him. And then he came in, in a flesh body. That alone is mind-blowing. The Holy Spirit conceived in the, in the womb of a woman, and now he's, a, he's got a body like a man, and yet even that man, Jesus, existed before the foundations of the earth because there's no time with God. Jesus, the man with the physical body, didn't exist until this point in time, but because he exists outside of time, he existed before creation. You're not going to find that in math class. You know, geometry. How does this work? Oh my gosh, God's so good. We should, we should start to heal some people. Yeah. There's all, there's all kinds of belief systems about people that, that somehow they think they heal. I don't really know what the truth is. I believe every time someone gets healed, Jesus did it. God did it. I didn't heal anybody. If I lay hands on someone and they get healed, I did not heal them. That's just me. That's my preference. But if other people have a case for no, he wouldn't have done it without you. You're the one doing the healing. If that works for you, whatever, well, I shouldn't say whatever works. <laughs> you can go outside the Bible into some 
nasty stuff. So there's some obstacles to healing. There's a whole lot of stuff here I'm not going to get to, obviously. One of those obstacles is the thing I tried to cover with the scourging when people would say, I know I'm going to be healed, but it's not his timing. That's right, you're correct. It's not his timing. It was 2,000 years ago. That's his timing for your healing. That doesn't bring judgment or condemnation on your experience. Okay? You're loved by God. Just don't say it's not his timing. And don't say, when I've learned the lesson, the thing I'm supposed to learn, I know I'll be healed. Bull. Dot, dot, dot. What a bunch of crap. I'll be healed when I learn my lesson. Well, smarten up. That's not a condition. Jesus' love will plow through all of your resistance, all of that nonsense and foolishness. If you think it's a reason, guess what? It is. It's going to prevent you from being healed because you put a condition on it that you've got to learn your lesson. And he honors faith. I'm not talking hyper faith, super faith. I'm talking the faith that he produces in our lives, okay? If I'm not there yet, he'll produce it. He'll get me there. There's no judgment. There's no condemnation. Timing. Want to learn my lesson? Here's another one. Not everybody might like this. You don't want to go get healed because you're offended by the guy doing the healing. Watch out. There was a, 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 a warrior. His name was Naaman. Anybody remember that? And his little servant girl. It's a weird story, isn't it? A Jewish servant girl made a slave and brought captive from Israel, tells her boss, this heathen dog, why don't you go see the prophet and get healed? It's a prophet in Israel. So he goes to Israel. He goes to the prophet, and he's got his entourage with him, and he's riding on his horse, and he comes to see the prophet. And the prophet says, I want you to go and dip, is it seven times, I think? In the Jordan River. What? What? I bought you money. I bought you clothes. I brought my entourage. I came from a distance. Don't we have better rivers back home? Why should I dip in the Jordan? And the servant girl says, well, depends. Do you want to get healed? Why not? It's like, it's a small thing. He's asked, just, why not? just go, just dip, just get healed. You know what? If someone like me is up here walking around, prancing around, and being ridiculous, but the healing anointing is there, the healing power is with him, just go. Get healed and ignore his foolishness. Right? What's the deal? You can rebuke him later. <laughs> Teach him a lesson. Open the Bible. Come on, Holy Spirit. More of you, Lord. Just more of you, God. Whew! He's good. He's here. He says he's going to heal people. He told me it was. 
doesn't lie. Okay, unforgiveness. Aha, it's another, okay. I mean, it's really good to keep short accounts anyway, just for your mental health, just for all kinds of health, <laughs> and for healing. But you know, we shouldn't even have to. Jesus did put it in this context. If, if you don't forgive, your Father won't forgive you. You're not going to get your healing. But we shouldn't even have to talk about that. We shouldn't even have to bring healing into the topic because forgiveness, when you've been forgiven, everything, and all of your sins are paid for through spikes on a cross. How can we hold unforgiveness towards someone? Mm. Okay, I think we're through the notes. Pardon? Okay, one other thing. Just the Lord reminded me this just before coming up. I probably don't even really need to turn there. I don't know if it was... There was a place when uh, God revealed himself to Israel as Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals you. They'd come out of Egypt. Anybody know the place? John, you know the place. The name of the place is it Mora or... Okay, where the people are crying out. It's poisoned water, and Moses throws a tree in the water. You know where the place is? What it's called? No? Me neither. Okay, so there's this place. It's near Elam, because Elam was right around the corner. I know that. So they come to this place, and these guys loved complaining. I think it was a hobby of theirs, or just a full-time vocation. And so they're whining and complaining, and... Uh, but they come to this water, and they have a reason to complain there because it's poisoned. So God tells Moses to cut down a tree and throw it in the water. Cut down a tree and throw it into the poisoned water. Cursed is every man who hangs on a tree. Jesus Christ was crucified on a tree. Okay, so throw the tree in the water, and the water was made Sweet, wonderful. Everybody got to drink. And then uh, they moved on from there. But God said, at that time, he came and he said, my name is Jehovah Rapha because I'm the God that heals you. I think it's a place where he said, you know, if you go in the promised land and you obey, I'll put none of these diseases on you that have been put on the Egyptians. But right around the corner is... Um, Elam, right after that. Elam had 12 springs of water and 70 date palms. I'm the God that heals you. 12 springs of water, 70 date palms. Jesus sends out the 12 and they heal everybody and cast out all the demons. Then he sends out the 70 and they do all the healing. So I just thought it's kind of cool because it's an Old Testament picture where Jesus is sending them out and people are getting healed. So let's do it. Okay, so. Now, I, I, I say if there's pain in your body, but I know there's things that people have that they really want to be healed of that aren't necessarily pain. But let's call up the people first. If there's pain in your body and you want to be healed, 
Just come on up and, and uh, form a line over here. Oh, sorry. Straight on. Or, or any symptom. If you have a symptom of any kind uh, that, uh, that you can tell if things have changed. And then if there's other people that have things that they want to be healed of uh, where there's no symptom or pain to tell if it's changed, you can come on up and line over on this side. Okay. Hi. Jess has been uh, uh, partially healed already. There was 75%, uh, uh, I think. She had sc scoliosis, is it? Yeah. So the, the spine, and she was able to reach down to her knees last time we prayed, and then she was able to touch her toes. It's a huge improvement. Okay, love. Oh, my gosh. Woohoo. So, Adam, <laughs> we're going to need some help. Um, bless Jesus. Okay. Anybody here that's already been healed by God in some way, would you come up and lay hands from the back on, on these people as we're going around? And if you've been used by God to bring healing in anybody's life, please come up. Because it says, they that believe will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So we might as well get people that believe, right? Not just believe in Jesus, but there's another level. Okay, so what's up? Fibromyalgia. So there's lots of pain. Lots of time. Did you find, right now there is? Okay. All right. Bless you, Lord. Just come, Jesus, right now. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Oh, bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, so be healed. Be healed. All right. So, when you came, uh, is there any way you can tell if the healing, uh, the pain is less right now? Uh. Yeah, a little bit. We'll take a little bit because that can expand. I don't want. I don't like it when people tell me how much pain's left. <laughs> Let's pay attention to the part that's gone, so that we give glory to the right guy. So, all right, just more, Lord. Just let it keep coming. Let it keep coming, Lord God. You paid for it already, all of it. In Jesus' name. Ho, Mama Shelala Kashaka. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. So I think it's your turn today to get 100%, like the 75, you know, and then 75 again. It just works, right? 100. Let's do it. 100%, Lord. Thank you. Oh, Jesus. You paid for, for Jess's healing, Lord God. You paid for all of it. Oh, release it now. I, I command it in the name of Jesus Christ that, that, that the pain be removed, that the back straighten out. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, back, be straight. Straighten out. Do what you're told. Shalak malakasaka. Ho, bless you, Jesus. More. 
more. How is it, Jess? Feeling pretty good? Close to perfect? Well, we're not done then. Okay, so, so do some things you couldn't do before. The, like really test it. Like really test it. Yeah, it's good. Not quite. Yeah? Oh, you can turn that way now. Good. Praise God. More. Is there anything left? Okay. Let it come. Jesus. 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 Oh. Oh, glory and honor and power and praise to you, Lamb of God. This is yours. You paid for it. You have a right to the healing in this body, Lord Jesus Christ. You have a right to the glory. Thank you, Jesus. More. More, Lord God. Okay, how you doing? Yeah, you're there. It's done. It's good. Let's seal this. In the name of Jesus Christ, 100% complete and total healing. It took place when he was scourged. It took place, all of it. Everything that was in the stripes of your back, Lord God, we pronounce for just now in Jesus' name. Thank you.